salutations and shit, motherfuckers. Happy uh, Thursday, because this release is on Thursdays. This is your host, D. Carrie, and uh, welcome back to my podcast. I hope you guys are following me on the Instagrams. You can follow myself at D. C. A. R. R. I. E. I think it's an underscore. Yeah, it's underscore D. Carrie. And the travel and shit Instagram is travel and shit. It's the letter N. So it's T R A V E L, letter N, S H I T, and an underscore at the end. Would love for you guys to interact with me on the socials. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, and all that other kind of jazz, also feel free to shoot me an email. You can send that to me at travel and shit, spelled the same way with the letter N podcast at gmail.com. So uh, I'm going to list all of that in the description. If you so choose to reach out, I would love to hear from you. So jumping into this week's episode, it's going to be about travel envy and highlight reels that uh, I'm happy for you, but syndrome. So it can kind of go either way. I know I feel it myself when I look at other people's posts or their Instagram or their Facebook, or especially one of my cousins in particular. What's up, Chris? My man goes all the places and does really great excursions and such while he does them as well. So I know I often get travel envy when I look at his posts, but then you also have those people that will throw those little comments your way like, oh, it must be easy for you to do that because you don't have any kids. Well, no, I don't, but I also do pay rent electric, you know, cable. Well, I don't pay cable. I pay my internet, but I still have bills. You know, I got shit to pay the same as everybody else. I understand your point that it of course is easier to do what I want when I don't have somebody else that I'm responsible. But I mean, you have the blessing of a kid. I don't. And I do with my time without a child as you do with your time with a child. So it can kind of go either way. I know I have personally experienced more so me envying other people. I don't know if I just have a selective memory, but I can't really feel like I can honestly say I remember anyone being real nasty about, you know, seeing that I'm going places. Because I always have those coworkers that be like, oh, where are you going next? Where are you going next? But I have never really felt any malice from it. Not to say that it has to be of a malicious intent when people have that travel in me, because I have definitely heard people say, oh, I wish I could go there, or I wish I was on vacation, or, you know, that they wish they had the opportunity to be out and about and, you know, someplace other than work, sis, I get it. So, yeah, it definitely doesn't have to be of malicious intent. So that's me backpedaling for a second. But with that in mind, the whole travel envy aspect of it, there's also kind of related to it, the highlight reel. I was looking through Instagram and I saw a post a couple of different times and I couldn't find it, but I definitely um, remember the gist of it was don't compare your now to someone else's highlight reel. Like when you're looking at all your friends and everybody's married, they're buying houses, they, you know, their kids are prospering and doing well. You're definitely happy for them. You know, you're excited for them and all that other good shit, but You're sitting there wondering, well, fuck, when is my time going to come? And I will definitely admit to being guilty of that 
all of my friends are, not all of them, a good number of my friends are married with kids. And I am loving that they are, of course, happy and that they found, you know, that, I guess, semblance of peace because you, know, you never know what all happens in other people's homes, except for with the besties when you're fully <laughs> privy to the information and the details. But I say all that to say, even though I do travel and, you know, get out and about, I do have those moments where I'm looking into other people's lives and wondering when I'm going to have that. So as much as I may enjoy my solo travel, I know that many times I wish that I had someone to share it with. More so a vacation versus a friendcation because love my friends, but I don't have a desire really to travel with any of them. However, I would prefer to travel with a significant other just because sex on vacation is great. Um, additionally, when I experience really exciting or, you know, really beautiful and exhilarating experiences, I tend to, not all the time, wish that I had somebody to share that with. It's kind of one, it's kind of that situation where they say, um, you don't have a good life until, unless you have somebody to share it with, you know, that kind of bullshit. Cause I truly think that you can have a great life without someone to share it with, because that's totally shitting on people who are widowed or who just decided that they, you know, don't want to be in a relationship. So it's possible. It's not necessarily everyone's possible though. So I often wonder if I'll be, you know, that single auntie that comes back to family holidays or family gatherings and just has all these great travel stories and slides my little nieces and nephews a couple dollars, but, you know, never brings anybody with them. But um, not on like a Debbie Downer side of it. It's just one of those things that I think about, you know? Um, so yeah, occasionally I feel like I'm behind the wave, not only in the relationship and kid phase, but then also just in terms of the financial scheme of it. I tend, not even tend, I definitely spend all of my disposable income on food and travel. So when my friends are buying houses, shout out to Janae and her family, just bought a beautiful home. Congratulations on that. But when I see things like that, I'm like, damn, if for some godforsaken reason, I, you know, had to leave the apartment that I love right now, would I be ready? Would I be able to, you know, jump into something short notice? And I don't think I would be because, you know, I spend my money on vacations. I am very okay with paying bills. I'm a pay bills to the day I die. Would I prefer not to? Absolutely. I don't want to be in debt because of a vacation. And I've been pretty decent at making sure, you know, uh, my necessities are covered, uh, vacations aside. But as long as you have credit cards, you're going to pay credit card bills. I'd rather pay credit card bills for a trip or something that I know I enjoyed as opposed to paying for a pair of shoes that, you know, 
I lost or a heel broke or, you know, a dress that no longer fits. I'd rather pay for experiences because those are the things that matter to me. I also weigh it on the inverse side where I'd rather squander my money now while I have that luxury of the freedom of, you know, traveling by myself to locations that I want to go to as opposed to not to say that some vacation, you know, vacation destinations aren't family friendly, because I know quite a few people that travel all over the world with their kids. It's not about just going to, you know, Disney or, you know, going on carnival cruises or, you know, going to um, resorts that have kid friendly amenities. I've seen friends of mine that go on incredible vacations that aren't your cookie cutter family vacations, if you will. Not to say there's anything wrong with the cookie cutter family vacations, because that takes a lot of the work out of your hands. You don't have to think of ways to entertain your kid while you're on a carnival cruise or at Disney World. And shit, adults love the shit out of Disney World. So there's not one right or wrong way to do it. But I know that if I want to go skydiving, cliff diving, bungee jumping, snorkeling, uh, skiing, whatever, I don't have to worry about, even if I want to do bar hopping or bar, uh, bar crawling, or you know, if for some odd reason I do decide I want to go to a discotheque, I don't have to worry about childcare or any of the other things that come into play when a child is also on a vacation. So I enjoy that I have the luxury of doing that now so that in my future, should I settle down and have children, I don't want to say I've gotten all this out of my system because I don't ever see not wanting to travel as uh, like a thought in my life at all. But I can say that I've done enough of it on my terms and in the future, I'd be more willing to and ready to do it in a more accommodating fashion for children and, you know, partners and the such. So that part of it makes me not necessarily feel as bad for not having as an extensive a savings account as some of my friends do. Um, one of my friends works at a bank and she was telling me about, um, this woman who, you know, she was helping out and whose like regular checking balance was maybe like, I don't know, something healthy. And I was just like, yeah, but she could be fucking miserable. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like to one count other people's money and then two, um, make assumptions about other people with money. I don't got a lot of it. But I am definitely happy for the most part with what I'm able to do. It Well, what I'm able to do with said money. So in that same vein, don't let the great pictures that people post about travel fool you into thinking that they have it all together. So like I said, I've been a lot of great places and I've done a lot of incredible things that I've got to say I will never regret doing, but it's okay with me because I don't mind spending money on those things. When I travel, I want to do excursions. So that's once, you know, accommodations and airfare have been taken care of, that's where my money goes. Other people enjoy shopping. Other people enjoy food. So that's what their budget is set on when they go places. 
But for me, I'm one of those people that really feels that God willing, when you die, the only thing you can take with you is your memories, you know, pending Alzheimer's or any other condition that would, of course, prevent you from accessing your memories. If you are fortunate enough to, you know, I guess, pass under the most fortunate of terms, if you will, I guess, of a lack of a better way to put it, you will have at least had the sum of your life. And I, under no circumstances, want to regret any of the time that I've spent in my life. I, of course, have things that I may regret. I mean, I can't think of a lot of things I regret, maybe just one. But outside of that, I don't regret any of the ways that I've spent my money. I think that I could have definitely um, found better ways to spend my money. Like, let's not be real. I'm not you know, a fiscal genius or anything of the sorts. And I can be very lazy when it comes to budgeting. And that's me and my personality. That's definitely uh, an option for any of you guys out there that want to be smarter about it. I would definitely suggest, you know, maybe making a budget and sticking to a budget. I know how to budget. I know how to do all that shit. I just don't want to. And uh, where I am in my life right now, I have the luxury of not really doing shit that I don't want to do. Um, I don't like cooking, so I don't cook. However, a lot of that decision making, that decision in itself is really starting to take away from my travel budget because like I said, most of my money right now is spent on food and travel. So as much as I don't want to, I guess my 2019 New Year's resolution is going to be to cook more. And that's one of those resolutions that I definitely, definitely need to take up sooner because I for damn sure don't want to do no overtime to get more money. So the easiest way to get more money is to stop eating my money. Yeah. So one of those things I guess I got to personally work on is a better budgeting tool or I guess a more progressive way to uh, fiscally, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Discipline myself. But I guess this is me just saying it out loud and publicly so that I got to hold myself accountable to it. Maybe I'll do an episode with a financial planner or a banker or somebody that does money and um, discuss different ways to save and pay for a trip. I like that idea. So I said it out loud. Just hold me accountable, guys. Send me a message or a comment or something. And remind the kid that I said it. So oddly enough, though, all of these trips that I take, for some reason, I don't like calling them vacations. I, I, don't, um, I don't know why. Like somebody at work will monthly ask me when's your next vacation when's your next trip and I just don't really see it as a vacation although it is vacation from work like I'll say all right I'm on vacation next week or I'll say I'm off next week but when I'm away I never feel comfortable saying I'm on vacation I don't know it's odd because I don't know I guess maybe because I do shit while I'm on these trips I don't know maybe it's just me and the way my mind works I don't know if anybody else feels that way feel free to not let me think I'm on my own on that. 
I do, I too, however, do look at people when they go on these elaborate trips and think to myself, well, how can they afford that? Like, what do they do? And that's something that I think I apply to a lot of different aspects of life. Like when I see somebody in a really fly outfit, I'll always want, like, I kind of just think of, put together a little story about them in my mind. Like, hmm, do you strike me as the stay at home type and you're just well kept or do you have like a really high power CEO position and you a woman out here doing it for themselves, you know? Like, are you a Khadijah or are you a regime? You know what I mean? How, how, you, how you get your threads? Like, how do you afford to do what it is that you enjoy doing? And by that, I assume that it's travel. Yeah, that's where we are. That's what we're here for. Um, but yeah, so when somebody posts like these incredible pictures of like these really swanky ass resorts, right? And not just like a pretty nice Airbnb because there's there's a level. We all know that there are levels to accommodations. There's, you know, the humble. It's a third, you know, a third world country. So you can live nice for a reasonable American price, if you will. And then you we all know that there's like the infinity pool, seven bedrooms, Olympic size swimming pool, you know, outdoor kitchen kind of standard of living there's a whole nother shit and that's a whole nother level in the vacation game especially if I guess I sometimes you'll see that when people travel with groups and that makes sense of course you're splitting it between a bunch of different people or when you watch different influencers or youtubers and all of that shit doing the um traveling it's like y'all know they're not paying for it it's these brands and the companies that are paying for it but when individuals go to elaborate resorts and locations like this, when you see, you know, just people posting those kinds of pictures on like the, uh, what do you call it? Those, you know, the travel, um, nomadness tribe and the black women travel too. when you follow those Instagram accounts and you see the people that they tag, I never of course really go into that rabbit hole of looking to see who all they went with, how many people were there, you know, what's the link for the Airbnb. You just really get caught up in how nice the accommodations are. And you're like, damn, what do you do? Me personally, like I said, I create a little story. Are you, you know, a doctor? Are you a, just somebody that works for the state or the city and you just bank all of them mutuals and the overtimes and all your tours or whatever it is that you do so that you can get that money together and travel at these really expensive um, locations. Well, not necessarily locations, because I don't think locations themselves are expensive. It's more so the accommodations. Some places, of course, take a bit more coin to get to. Like from New York, trying to get to Australia is wild expensive. However, there's always, you know, travel deals and travel sites and all that other kind of shit that can get you there, you know, for the cheap. My cousin put me on to, um, he sent me a link the other day. It was a trip to, I think it was like an eight day trip to China. And it, if I'm not mistaken, it included different excursions and the shit was listed at like $3.99. Now, of course you have to travel during certain dates and there are other little things that are necessary for the trip to actually kick off like you have to pay I think there was something that was like 199 gratuities was due 
at one point and then I don't know if he chose different dates. I'm really not that familiar with uh, travel travel deals like those websites that say um, I know another friend of mine actually has a group like a group message on WhatsApp dedicated to every day we get a couple of links to travel deals. Now, I don't have flexible PTO or pay time off or leave or vacation, whatever you call it at your job. I don't really have flexible time off at my job. It's one of those things where you put in for it, you may get it, you may not get it. It really depends on what all is going on with the rest of the staffing. So, you know, me personally, like I don't have any kids, so I don't need to put in for you know, uh, spring break and vacation times when kids normally have off from school because I don't have to worry about, you know, that childcare. A lot of parents take off those weeks because they know that their kids don't have school and somebody got to watch their damn kids, right? For me, it don't matter. I'll take the last week of January. I'll take the second week of February. I, it doesn't matter in any sense, any stretch of the imagination to me when I get my time, but I want my time. So unfortunately, I don't have the flexibility to just book a trip and then request the time off. I know some people can, you know, go to their managers or go to their supervisors and say, hey, I want to take X, Y, and Z off, put in for it and get it. So you may be more able or more easily able to book the deals from those travel sites, but I feel like that's one of those things that I definitely want to look further into because if you can find a travel date for when you do have time off, it's just a come up. It's a win-win. So I'll look into that and uh, report back on that one, if you will. But I definitely don't want to get caught up in that how do they afford it mentality because I feel like it's like self-defeating. If you sit here and like I started the episode with compare yourself or your what you're capable of to or judge what you're capable of by what somebody else is doing, you're fucking your own shit up. You can't necessarily say, all right, because this person went on this trip, now all of a sudden your trip is less than. Or you can't plan a trip just to one-up somebody. And I feel like it's possibly one of those, people do it. It's, it can't be a, an imaginable option if it's not something people do. If you could think about it, it's a thing. I don't do that. I just feel like I travel based on what I can, for the most part, afford to do. I can't necessarily look at a location and be like, oh my God, so-and-so went here and it's so beautiful. Now I'm going to go here when the time is off. Cost always matters for me. If I can't afford to go someplace during a certain time, doesn't mean I can't go there. You just got to wait till you got the bread to do it. You have to wait until the price goes down. You have to wait until, you know, you catch one of those travel deals. Because I know that sometimes there's, um, what do you call it? Um, like those, I don't want to say airfare scams, but it, like when the price when the price goes wrong, when they fuck up the pricing or something or whatever, you can really come up with a lot of those deals. I know people that have done that, but you got to just make sure that you vacation the way you are financially able to vacation and don't vacation in a sense of 
being like somebody else or um, being better than somebody else. It's one thing to use or seek inspiration from or to learn of different destinations to visit based on what you see other people do. But don't set up your limitations or don't base your parameters of travel off of what I do, off of what your mans and them do, off of what your auntie does. Use it for something to pull from and then do your own digging. Find your own, you know, little ways to do things and little caveats to the way things can be done. Oh, and um, that that reminds me. One of the things that I look for, it's going to be a funny story too, but maybe not funny. But one of the things that I look for when I'm dating somebody is not only their willingness to travel, but their ability to travel. So peep game. I was talking to this one guy, had to be a couple of weeks, and somehow we bought up travel or something, and it turns out that he basically couldn't leave the country. Like, it was, um, it wasn't, he wasn't on probation or parole or anything wild like that, because been there before. But in this sense, that kind of... I guess, shifted my mind frame to realizing that there are other reasons why somebody can't travel. Because initially, I was just thinking, you like somebody wouldn't be able to travel not only because of possibly financial reasons or family reasons, like if you have a sick relative or if you have children or, you know, someone that you have to look out for, but that there was um, legal issues in terms of immigration. He wasn't a citizen, of the United States. So I think he was here under DACA. So it's like a really funny kind of situation where he's legally here in the sense that he pays taxes. And at this stage in the game, who knows what's going to happen with the current administration, but at, you know, the stage where we were dating, he was good. Nobody was, you know, the way he explained it to me, because I could still be wrong. Keep in mind, this is my understanding of this is based on my interactions with this one man in particular. But the way he explained it to me was that he was good. He was here. He was paying taxes. He had a good job and all that shit. But he couldn't really leave because it's like you don't have an American passport. So if you were to leave, say, on whatever passport you had when you came over here, if it were still valid, how are you getting back in without like presenting the appropriate visas or something like that. I don't know, but it was just one of those things like, boom, that's a thought. If I'm dating somebody, do I really want to get serious with somebody that can't leave the country? Like you can go all over these 50 States, but what if we want to go to Ecuador together? What if we want to go to fucking Iceland together? If I have like this really incredible trip planned and now this person can't go with me that like that was like it just popped into my head that I forgot that that was even a thing not everybody is able to leave the country and as a single person that's definitely something that I consider when I am interested in actually partnering with somebody in terms of like committing to somebody if we're dating it is what it is you don't necessarily have to be able to travel to date, but in the scheme of 
we're not dating for play play anymore, that's when shit gets tricky. So I guess that's something that, hmm, should you even bother? But then it's like, how do you put that? I'm thinking out loud here, guys. Bear with me. How do you even put that in the atmosphere? Like, how do you have that initial conversation? Like, hey, so second date, great. Uh, what's your last name? Cool, cool. Okay. Uh, you work where? Oh, great, great. Uh, so can you leave the country? It's a little, it's a little, uh, a little strange. I don't know. Would that be strange if somebody asked you, like on like the second or third, even the first fucking date, if you could leave the country, would you continue to date the person or would you not continue to date the person? I want to know. Hit me up. Let me know. That's an interesting uh, little conversation starter there. Um, Yeah, let's dead it right there. Uh, This week's quote, because, you know, I loves me a good quote, is an interesting, well, not really interesting one. It is what it is. Nobody can discover the world for somebody else. Only when we discover it for ourselves does it become common ground and a common bond and we cease to be alone. It's quite the run on sentence, but it's a quote. And that one is... Wendell Berry or Wendell Berry. Who knows? That's who the internet said said it. For me, that's one of those get up and go things. Just because you heard something about someplace doesn't mean that that's what someplace is. I think I spoke about it with somebody prior on one of the earlier episodes. I think it was Kevin or uh, Kenna. You hear so many things about so many different places and then you get there and you realize, oh shit, they was fucking wrong. Go figure. Somebody tells you shrimp is trash. Fuck them, first of all. But, you know, outside of being allergic to shrimp, somebody tells you, oh, it's disgusting, it's horrible. Fuck around and have shrimp. You're like, oh, my God, this shit is incredible. You got to do a lot of shit for yourself. So as opposed to sitting and realizing, or not realizing, but as opposed to sitting and wondering how somebody did it and, oh, I could never do it, and basically comparing somebody else's highlights to where you are right now, Take out a piece of paper, pull out your notes, whatever, write down your goals and write down attainable ways for you to actually achieve those things. You see somebody else do it. If it's appealing to you and it seems like something you want to try, fucking try it. You can't let the rest of the world experience the world with you not in it. You're part of the world and you can't necessarily take everybody else's opinion for what is going on in the world. Okay, guys. So I repeat again. Thank you for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed it this week. Holler at me on the internet. Follow and like and comment. Blah, blah, blah. All those things you know we ask you to do. Okay, guys. Bye.